Thank you so much to our sponsors, Yellow Racket Records, a place for music lovers to discover, hear, and buy new and pre-loved records. Great staff, great coffee, comfy chairs. YellowRacketCHA.com and RC2 Realty Solutions Real Estate Investments. Robin Ring's got a brand new thing. Call 531-1722. Only in Jeff Styles America. Is that true, Michael James, um, the the winner of this most recent tournament for the EMS folks here locally the earlier this week? Is there good money in catching the world record largemouth bass, as Tony Joe singing about? Yes, absolutely. There's there's good money if you could catch the world, even the state record uh, for Tennessee. If you could if you could bust that 15-2 mark that stands, I'd say that you'd uh, you'd make yourself a little little change anyway there'd be a lot of people interested in talking to you we will well, well, I'll, I'll i'll truly and properly introduce the guests here in two seconds let me ask this real quick to make sure that i'm not lying and we were just talking about you're from dayton and i was talking about the blue water marina folks up there and baron my buddy if i if i'm not mistaken the state record right now is held by a young boy who caught it right off one of the piers up there uh, he actually, I think that he caught it in the Chester Frost Park area. Okay. Um, and uh, he, you can look it up. Well, on like YouTube. a fourteen-year-old kid or something like that. No, no, he was he was older than that. Okay. He's a Bryan College grad. Okay. Um, and uh, the, you know, Scott Martin actually has a YouTube video where they went fishing, yeah. and he shows him the exact spot that he caught the fish. And uh, it was ama- it was an amazing thing. I actually was very fortunate. Uh, the day that he caught that fish, I got to see it with my own eyes. He was at Saudi mm-hmm. Custom Tackle. Monstrous. And it was. It was just unbelievable. It was surreal to see it. I know? imagine. Yeah. How old would that fish be? Gosh, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's for, a great for, question for, for, for a big old lunker like that to get to be that size. Had to be pretty savvy. Has spit out a few hooks in his life, you know. So yeah, TWRA uh, started putting the uh, Florida strain bass in this lake uh, what ten plus years ago. And, uh, you know, they grow faster. You know, they're a, kind of a yeah, hybrid. hybrid. They grow faster. Um, you know, that fish had to be 10 plus years. Have to think it was. You know, it'd have to be. That's, that's, that's remarkable. Now, all right. So, so Michael was the winner along with his buddy Chad uh, Hickman. Chris. Chris, 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 Chris. I apologize. I apologize. Oh, my gosh. It's written as Chad and Chris all over the place. I, well, he's not here, so we can call him whatever we want to. Yeah, so, <laughs> Mike's the one we got to focus on. And this was the a tournament that was canceled last year, like the rest of the world was canceled because of COVID. Uh, but it was done by and for our local EMS folks. And we got uh, uh, the chief, Billy Burnett, in here with us as well. And, and Billy, good to see you, sir. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having us on. And you have sort of taken the reins, really, of uh, the county's EMS uh, department, from what I can tell. 
Um, or at least this this at least this competition. And let me put it to you right, that way. I'm not, try, I'm not trying to give you a promotion without pay. Um, <laughs> I would appreciate it. That'd be great. At least this competition. So, yeah. Um, this would be in the twelfth year. Like you said, we got canceled last year, but uh, Amy and Dan Maxwell always put it on and help the two uh, worthy causes. Um, but they decided to go ahead and retire and hand over the reins, and this is the first year we took it on. And the EMS won the other charity that's also the recipient of the money that is made through this tournament is the forgotten child fund and i i'm surely i don't have to explain what that is to our listeners i would think that they would be in the know but uh you know if, if you don't go ahead and google it up on the interwebs well all right so overall it was a, a one-day competition is that unusual now this is your do, do you is this what you do or are you a are you a pro straight up, or are you just a really good amateur who dabbles? No, just just an amateur that just likes to fish uh, weekend tournaments. Um, you know, we've we've got a lot of we got a lot of really really good guys in this area. Uh, a lot of those guys are fishing the Toyota series that's going on in Dayton right now. Sure, and it's a um, I guess you call it a pro slash amateur event. Um, but um, I, I mainly fish the Chattanooga Bass Association, which is a one day Saturday event. And uh, that's what makes Billy's tournament really unique is that it's on Monday, and uh, it's a one-day event. And, uh, you know, Monday is way more relaxing than Saturdays on this lake anymore. Sure. You don't have the... You know that you don't have the tournament pressure from other tournaments, and then you don't have the people out just just enjoying the, joy, the lake. Yeah, the, the joy boaters. Yeah, I joy mean, boaters. Yeah. I mean, most people are at work. I mean, you got to be really serious about it to be out. Um, and the thing is, is, is that people are equipped now to be able to get to the spot they want to get to fish it. If it's not working, get to another spot. They move fast. The boats have gotten bigger. They got more powerful. There's a lot more people out there. Um, it can be a situation. I mean, it can actually, you can end up with a traffic jam. You can. And it's, it is, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, when people hear that you, if you fish or you tournament fish, I think they envision, you know, like sitting on a Creek and, with, you know, a just with a bobber and, <laughs> and it's way more stressful it's a i mean you know any guy any, any guy that tournament fishes can tell you it is a very stressful hobby you know i mean that's part of i guess the enjoyment for me but it is definitely something that's just like man you know it's just your guts are you know churning the whole time because you're like oh gosh i gotta get five fish you know and you're trying to get you know five big ones and what did it what what did what did it take to win this tournament? What did what did you guys what did you guys actually accomplish? What'd you pull in? So we had sixteen and a half pounds and um the just for reference, the CBA was one last or the Saturday right before that with twenty two pounds. Uh so uh you know, Chickamauga is still an awesome lake. Uh you know, it, it back in the day it was taking thirty to forty pounds to win some of these tournaments. And um now I think maybe it's just a little more pressure on the lake. Uh, maybe the fish are a little more savvy, you know. Um, and it seems like 20 to 25 pounds is a really good weight now. I know the Toyota Series guy that's leading right now, he had 20 pounds yesterday. Like 19 pounds was like second place. So you know, people, that, people understand that that means one fish could weigh 10 pounds and you might catch another, you know, couple of three-pounders. I mean, it's, it's total weight. That's right, five yeah. fish. It's a five-fish tournament, and so the total weight of those fish. So, you know, five fish weighing 20 pounds, I mean, that's pretty daggum good. I, All right, and, and I've, I'm, I told you I'd ask stupid questions. And here's one. I got one, I got one too. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you pick your five? I mean, if you catch 20, you just pick your best five. It's not the first five, is it? That's no. It's You, you can cull the fish out. So, yeah, absolutely. So we actually have, uh, you know, scales that you can, you can actually put clips on the fish's mouth. Uh, you don't puncture their mouth anymore. Yeah, actually, it's yeah. clips. And so you can cull those fish throughout the day. So 
you know, our, our scale, we have a Rapala scale, and it'll actually tell you that the fish you just caught is heavier than fish number three. Yeah. So get rid of fish three. So you put him back and click release. that one on and release it. Yeah. yeah. So you, you know, uh, you know, like you may call none, you know, you may yeah. have a tournament where you literally catch five good ones, um, which I've done before. And then you may have a day where we called a couple of times uh, that Monday, uh, you know, called up to the, to the weight that you're wanting. So, yeah. Ahead, How much is, is it luck versus skill? That's a classic question. I that, love that. You know, there's obviously a lot of luck to it um, because, uh, you know, I was real fortunate. Last year, I, I was able to win the February CBA, caught a 10-pounder with 10 minutes to go before the end of the wow. tournament. That was luck. You know what I mean? I was just <laughs> literally at the right place at the right time. Um, but I will say this. The guys that are consistently good, um, the, you know, you can tell, you can look at especially the local tournaments. And there's guys who are just consistently in the top ten, top twenty. There's a little more than luck with that, you know. Like sure. A lot, a lot of the guys that I'm friends with, they spend an enormous time on this lake, and they know where to go. They know based upon time of day, shade, yeah, weather conditions, time yeah. of year. Yeah. You know, all those factors they can put those together. So, you know, some people have a feel for it. Yeah, you can have a you can have somebody that may just dumb luck into a ten pounder and, and <laughs> wins a tournament, and then you got guys who can just you know. Those guys can consistently put those 20-pound bags I was talking about together. Sure. It's like every time they go out, they can get close to that mark. And that's uh, – that's I'll give those guys props because that is just time on the water. Sure. Those guys spend an enormous amount Developing of their free time, for it. and they know, what, they know where to go and what to do. How much, uh, how much money can a tournament raise for an organization, Billy? A lot of it depends on the sponsorship and uh, the number of boats. Um, this year – this year we had the fewest boats, mainly because we were off last year, so we were just building it back up. Sure. Uh, we had like 37 boats this year. Um, our entry fee, early registration was 50. We'll probably end up, um, once payout to the anglers and other miscellaneous fees and stuff, we'll probably end up clearing about $1,000 per uh, cause sure. for our charities. Well, I mean, each. that 37 seems like a lot to me. I mean, it seems like that's a lot of it. I mean, if I, and the thing is, I, I, you guys got a lot of PR on the day of the event. Mm -hmm. That's how I discovered that it was even going on. And I know a lot of people who fish constantly, but I was unaware of it. Um, next year, don't forget us. I mean, give us a holler beforehand. We'll try to pump up that number. Uh, but I mean, can just an old Joe Schmo come out there and say, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I was gonna I, ask. Do I have to have any sort of qualifying, right. you know, numbers? With our tournament, it's um, it's the first, it's the third Monday every year in May, and it's the start off of EMS Appreciation Week. Um, so that's that's one reason why we have it, and it's at least one angler in each boat has to be a first responder, fire, EMS, police, um, hospital uh, staff, healthcare provider. Okay. Um, so at least one angler in the boat has to be affiliated with an agency. That's fair enough. Yeah, that, that, that's fair enough. I mean, that just that that sets the rules for everybody. So you got to have, and that probably guarantees you have you have an amateur. So I mean, if, if you got a ringer coming in, you're not going to have two ringers more than likely. Our tournament only allows amateurs. There you go. No, yeah. no professional. Nobody who is sponsored. Compensated to uh, take someone out on tours or um, 
or you're sponsored or you're a professional fisherman, you're not allowed in our tournament. I have, we got a commercial break coming up in a second. And our own Pat Rose is going to join us a little bit later on in the show. Can you guys stick around for one more segment? Absolutely. Because I want to talk about what you brought in this morning. Yes. yes. And today is the perfect day for it. We, we timed this out just we, uh, meticulously planned this the way I always do everything, of course. <laughs> uh, you know, I, you know, I get, I get out my planner and I consult with other it's people, amazing. make sure my astrologer, you know, a blind pig finds an acorn every once in a while. I, I'm just going to ask you a quick question about a minute or so here before we go back into the uh, commercial break. We'll be back. Um, largemouth, what you specialize in, is it all you fish for? Or are, you fish, you, are you happy to have a fish on the end of your line? So, I, you know, I took I took my kids. I've got some older kids, a 17 and a 21-year-old. I took them bluegill fishing last week, yeah. and they had a ball. Yeah. You know, the bluegills are on bed right now. It's a great time to take kid, kids fishing. They're not really that interested in bass fishing because it, it, it is a grind. It, I, it, it is. My, one of my buddies who is a fireman was out last night, and he said I was slaying them last night. Yeah. Just put that picture. That was, that was this morning on my way in. I so. think a lot of people, and especially kids, they're more interested in catching than really fishing. So right. this is a great time of year to go catch a that's, lot of fish. The, that's the, I've always said that's the reason they call it hunting. Do you it's the reason they call the it fish fishing. Do you, do you it's, not call it, it's not called catching. They, they you know? back. <laughs> it's not called catching. You know, cause yeah. they, uh, and that is the biggest difference between when I was young and fishing much more often than when watched the people who did it, you know, really truly as a, as a lifestyle is catch and release. Yeah. That, that was unheard of back yeah. then. And that just makes it, I think, so much better and easier to justify in some people's minds, let's be frank. Yes. A lot of people out there just don't get that. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 there's there's no mass slaughter going on. No. And the ones that are kept are kept and, and they're utilized. And the tournaments when the fish are caught, weighed in and released, they do a lot of care with oxygen tanks and making sure I mean every tournament director in this area, their main concern is making sure those fish are because that's their that's their resource. Nuga Radio, we're talking right now to Billy Burnett and uh, Michael James we're talking about the uh, tournament that was had earlier this week in our area. We're gonna talk about fishing during this Explore More Hour, Explore More Hour here at Nuga Radio, nine to ten on Fridays. We just talk about outdoor activities, outdoor adventures, outdoor sports. And uh, I will give a shout out again to my friend Sarah Arnold, the sailplane pilot and instructor up at Chilhowee Gliderport. She talked to me yesterday and said she just didn't want to do it. Talking about an interview, she's shy. She's remarkably shy, but I highly recommend it. If it's something you're interested in, check out the video at our Facebook page and give her a holler and go get you some air. Only in Jeff Styles, America. Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, Fishing in the Dark. Talking fishing today on Explore More, the Explore More Hour here at Nuga Radio. This is the hour we dedicate Fridays at 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. We'll be talking about outdoor activities again. We did it for quite some time until the pandemic hit and uh, enjoyed every time. Next week, we're going to be talking to the UTC professor that had that group of students. I, you guys actually can sign in on this. Because um, I know, Billy, uh, you've probably spent enough time down on the river and the riverfront and Ross's Landing. And certainly as a fisherman, Michael, you've been uh, down there quite a bit. The fact that these kids at UTC, these young students, not even in the class that you think would be appropriate no, to be anthropology. Not, yeah, they were in an anthropology class, <laughs> not an archaeology class, and discovered the wreck of the USS Chattanooga right off of Ross's Landing. The, the, the ship that supplied Grant and Sherman 
everything they needed to do the march to the sea back during the Civil War. And what an important find, and it was right there, right there, where, where you fish for smallmouth down under the bridges. So, you know, a lot of these bass boats have ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 of electronics hanging on them now. People don't realize sure. that. And when I saw those pictures for that story, that's called side imaging. Yeah. And uh, Lawrence, Hummingbird, uh, Garmin, they all have these side imaging units. And it's amazing now you uh, Garmin and Lawrence now have these units called uh, you know, Panoptics is one and Active Target is another. You can actually see the fish swimming in front of the boat. I mean, literally see the fish swimming. It's like a video game. You can... You know, you can see the fish bite the lure and see you really oh it in. Oh, my. If you've never, you go to YouTube. I've never experienced Go, go to YouTube and type in Garmin Panoptics and look at some of these videos. I mean, there's there's one video where a guy's musky fishing, and you can literally see it's a musky. I mean, anybody that fishes well, I was going to say, and that's, that's almost like a prehistoric yes. beast coming at you. But, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, um, uh, earlier this year, there was uh, one of the pro guys on the Elite Tour, one out on uh, – Texas and one of the lakes in Texas, and he was literally throwing a jerk bait around some suspended timber, and he was watching that screen like a video game and would see the cadence that the bass wanted in order to bite the bait. He was able to wiggle. He it. was able to literally watch and see if they would like it a bit faster or slower to to trigger them to bite. Well, there's mm. your, there's your skill level, Jen. <laughs> There's your skill level. And I mean, that, I mean yeah. right there. I mean, just just paying attention and just right. you know, this is what do they want? I'll give it to them. Yeah, it's uh, the electronics. It's it's uh, it's unreal. That that side imaging technology that you saw from those pictures. Um, there's so many cool things uh, in the water. There, uh, it, for instance, there I, I go out of Saudi Creek a lot, and uh, right before you get to Shady Grove on the bluff on the right, if you you know if you have a side imager, you can slow down and idle that bluff about say 50 foot off the bluff there's an old sunken barge right there mm-hmm. years ago i guess they loaded timber out right across there at that barge tie up and that barge sunk years and years ago well, and there can, was no getting them up back there was no getting them up yeah. you can literally idle that and see that barge perfectly just like you saw the ship yeah. that the utc students found and it's just it's amazing like what you can see in the water with those things you know we were talking about bluegill fishing yeah uh, i found one of the beds we actually fished the other day i saw it on the side imager before we fished it, you can see all these little circles, and literally in the middle of the circle, you can see a little white dot, and that was the bluegill. <laughs> I, I've just I, I mentioned the fact that um, I want to I'm going to get to the to the he came in this morning bringing a, a life jacket. We're going to talk about that in one second. I did go with uh, the old stump bumper Benny Hull yeah. out one morning. I actually took off my, from my job, and I, I called in on the radio station a couple of times to basically you know earn my keep, I guess, for this day off. But, I mean, we were out there early in the morning, and we're just between the bridges in downtown Chattanooga and catching smallmouth like nobody's business. And smallmouth fight. Unreal. Unbelievable. Uh, That dive, jump. They're like mini marlin. Oh, yeah. Tiny little marlin. (laughs) I mean, they're really, and if you're on an ultralight reel, that's a ton of fun. And it blew my mind that the fishing was that good smack dab in the middle of our town oh it's in it's, the middle of our city it's unbelievable yeah uh there was one of the pro anglers uh mike Iconelli had a show called uh, uh big city fishing or something like that and he would go to these urban areas and fish and i know we petitioned him a couple times to come here and do a show because you can literally be right there in beautiful downtown chattanooga Memphis, by the Louisville, aquarium cincinnati i mean yeah. all those places um i the the life preserver i, I gotta ask he, he came in bringing a pfd this morning and it is actually National, bring your 
PFD to work day. It, it, it is. So I've got a good friend of mine. I didn't know there was such a thing. So a yeah. uh, good friend of mine, Michael Porter, who's uh, in sales over at Irwin Marine. And uh, we get these little uh, monthly newsletters from Irwin. And I got one last night before I come in. And it was talking about how it's National Wear Your Life Jacket to Work Day. For just, awareness. Just to bring awareness. I to know how Michael it, Porter. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Just, just to bring, uh, just to bring <laughs> Why attention. Why did you bring your life jacket? Yeah, Jason. I, why did I bring my life jacket? I wish Slack. I've been here since You know, me and you were talking earlier about how important it is no, to it is. wear your life jacket and wear a kill switch. They've heard me tisk tisk, uh, folks, so many times, and usually I'm, I'm I have to be careful because they're dead because they weren't wearing a life jacket, yep. and they think because they were, you know, within eyeball distance of the pier they started from, or it doesn't seem like the shore is that far over there. I could easily make that. And I, you know, I took that challenge one time. I said, "There's no way you can drop me in the lake, and I can't make the side because of, uh, it was a terrible incident where five men died when they sank their aluminum John boat, and none of them were in a life preserve." And I said, "How could you not be able to swim? Why would you be out in that boat and not be able to swim enough to make the shore?" And people challenged me. They said, "It's so much further than you think it is." It it is, and I, I proved that I could do it, but it was hard. Yeah, it was a tremendous extreme effort because uh, I went out there to, to prove that I could do it. And I can tell you, if I had been panicked and hadn't planned on making that swim, it would have been very different. I remember a few years ago, uh, Hamilton County was actually out with the police boat out near Chester Frost Park area and a bass boat, older bass boat guy had fell out. And it was just sitting there in the middle of the river doing just circles. Do, yeah, just doing circles. And you can't approach it. Can't approach it. They literally just the sit there and, you know, kind of shoot everybody away until it ran out of gas. You know, and I mean, it's something so simple that little kill switch. You know what a kill switch is? I imagine. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's attached. You're, you're attached to the key. You yeah. go out or to the switch. If you go out, the boat the stops. Dies. Like on a jet ski. You okay. know, when a jet, you come off a jet ski, it goes in circles, but there's no prop that's going to chop you into a million pieces. Right. You can grab it in mm-hmm. a boat. You're you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. You, you'd be literally dodging it while you tried to you know stay afloat until it ran out of gas. So all, all of your bass tournaments, Bill, Billy's included, you have to idle by the dock, and uh, they do a live a live well check to make sure your live wells are empty and all that good stuff. And then also you have to have your uh, life jacket on. And then some of the tournaments even go as far as make you demonstrate that your kill switch is functioning. Mm-hmm. So you have to actually pull it, the motor dies, and then you put it back in, sure. start your boat up, and continue on. It's simple technology. It just it, save your life. It is. Uh, all right. So well, well, good for you. Congratulations Thank on you. winning. And uh, Billy, I mean, this we're we're really launching into the season. I know that a lot of people have been out there already, but I mean. My God, it's going to be 90 today. It's going to be 96 next week. Yeah. It's not my favorite time of year, but, I mean, there's going to be more and more people on the water, and you're dealing with EMS, and these people, they they try their best every year to tell us where your PFD. What? I don't understand the ego thing. What, what makes you think you're more macho because you don't wear Look how unobtrusive that, that jacket is. I know. It doesn't mess with your movement. What I mean... I mean, I was never so well built. I, I, did, I, I had to show off my body instead of actually putting that thing around me if I'm going to be on a body of water. I think it's just something, Jeff. You know, we just, we just, you know, you grew up around, you know, this area around yeah. Georgia, and I think it's something that we just didn't do growing up. A lot of us, you know, it just wasn't part of the procedure of. Like boating. we didn't wear bike helmets either. Exactly. You know, I mean, we were on the back of pickup trucks yeah. and drank out of garden hoses and didn't wear. Yeah, our and survived jackets. and survived, but yeah. but but we were lucky, and some were. We were. And some weren't. Uh, so I just, I, 
Any, any, you just I was going to ask yeah. Billy, yeah, tell us a little bit more about the um, Paramedic Scholarship Fund. Um, every single year, they, we've got a national shortage of healthcare providers, I mean, EMS and paramedics. Anyway, fewer and fewer people are going into the industry. Um, but what we, what we do is uh, two different uh, organizations, SEMSDA, Southeast EMS Service Directors Association, they um, have a scholarship fund for one worthy EMT or paramedic student and paramedic student. And we help, um, our tournament helps uh, raise funds. We donate it to Seamsta and then they allocate it to the appropriate student uh, just to help offset uh, maybe some tuition or books. By no means does it pay their whole scholarship. Oh, any little bit helps. How much, how much time would it take for a healthy young person to say, I'm going to become a paramedic? Well, what would those steps actually even be? It's two steps. You start out with an uh, emergency medical technician advanced. So you would, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's three semesters right now. All right. Um, and then you would go back for another three semesters to become a paramedic. Um, and you're saying right now there is a great need. If people who are listening are listening actively, they should hear that. Yes, there's a there's a it's almost it's almost an issue nationwide because. Most EMS works two jobs. If they all only worked one job, we would really be in a, a dire situation yeah. nationwide. There you go. Well, you guys. Well, Mike, thank congratulations. You thank That's you. That's fantastic. Thank you again. I thank you guys it. for coming in. And uh, yeah, good luck with the rest of the year uh, to everybody. And just let us know whenever we can help you guys with any projects you got going on. Thank you. We appreciate it. We'll keep on talking fishing here for the uh, next segment as well. We'll get Pat Rose on the line with us. Our own Pat Rose set the hook. Nuga Radio, NugaRadio.com, 92.7 on the FM band. Appreciate you guys listening and making us part of your day. Don't forget Rockyology, the podcast tonight, 6 p.m. Good hour of good music, curated by yours truly, Nuga's own Jeff Styles of the Wild. Only in Jeff Styles, America. It's really good. Go. Hearing you voicing my here's, head. here's what makes Camden different. After while I feel like I'd that be better off ghostly dead. percussion. That effect right there. That's a very progressive approach country music you're listening to stuff that's essentially almost backward looped and that that drum beat sounds like it's something out of a old pink floyd album that's actually johnny smith yeah uh, johnny's a wonderful drummer i'm saying but the production quality young camden there who's what 15 16 yeah um clearly has listened to a lot of stuff other than old old hank and possum you know what i'm saying well, um, I can only imagine what him and Pat ride around listening to when he was growing up. Camden know? Smith is the guy doing our bumper music there, and that's the son of our next guest coming up, and that is, I keep saying, our own Pat Rose, because he's been doing his show Set the Hook on this station for quite some time. And Jason produces his show and podcast, and got Pat on the line with us now. Pat, good morning to you, and thank you for uh, calling in this morning. How you doing? Hey, Jeff. How y'all doing, man? I First of all, I want to say thank you to those guys you previously had on sure. for mentioning the life vest. 
that is important. We try to stress that on our show. Wear those things when you're out on a boat. I might my life vest for white water paddling. For white water paddling, not even just for just, you know, flotation of flat water is 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 just a little bit thicker than just your average wife beater shirt. And that's exactly how much room it takes up on my body. I would never dream of not having it on on the water. I mean, I, oh, I, yeah, it's, I, I'm a good swimmer, but I don't float. I can tell you that right now. And, you know, you get one conk on the head, you get one conk on the head, and then you're in trouble. I, I, it doesn't I make any about, sense. I got about five minutes good swimming in me, then it's all over. <laughs> and that's downstream for sure. Um, well, I would well, congratulations to Camden too. I know his career is just going real well and that's, that's wonderful. I'm glad to have you here. So you heard those guys. Yes. Uh, and it was national wear your life jacket to work day. Who so, knew? No, we didn't know next year by gosh, we're all coming to life jackets. We will, we will make people aware. Um, but it was talking about fishing in general. That was one tournament, but boy, we got a bunch of them coming up. It's about to happen here. And, and for anybody who's listened for a long time knows that I, when I first got here in the eighties, this was a fishing town, and then oh, yeah. it wasn't for a long time. Everybody had to go to Gunnersville, or they had to go way up, you know, north of Chickamauga, uh, away from the dam area. That's for sure because they just about killed the lake. You know, they were worried about it. everybody was getting jet skis, and these people going, "Ooh, ooh, there's so icky weeds," and so they killed all the weeds, which killed all the fish, and we lost that business for two decades almost, and it's bad. And you know what? The guys, uh, he, he was saying he fished the CBAs. What he mentioned, uh, what he uh, failed to mention is a lot of your 80s professionals came from CBA. Steve Daniel, Gary Alverson, Saudi Daisy. These guys are legends. Some of them's Hall of Famers. And you're talking about tournaments. Got a big one going on, Bassmaster Elite Series on Gunnersville, Scottsboro, Alabama, mm-hmm. Goose Pond putting in there. And they're having this weekend an expo. And 2020, we didn't get to do that because of COVID, but everything's opening back up. They're relaxing. We're going to have a party down there. And plus, on Chickamauga, as we speak, uh, Toyota Series, Major League Fishing Toyota Mm -hmm. Series out of Dayton Boat Dock, and our own Chattanooga boy, Miles Sonar Burgoff. Guess who his daddy is? His daddy is Radar O'Reilly. That's why why his nickname is Sonar. (laughs) Are you serious? Radar O'Reilly's boy, Sonar, is is Chattanooga's own champ? Yeah, man. I did not know. Uh, I've known that cat a long time, and he come up the right way learning from the pros. Uh, putting his time in, and he's really, really doing good. I'm proud of that. Well, even all right, even, even though there are so Ch- Chickamauga stuff, and, and let me let me do a quick definition for everybody. You need to understand this: Chickamauga Lake is anything above the dam, all right? right? Anything above the dam, and what we call the Tennessee River coming through Chattanooga is actually Nickajack. It's right. the Nickajack Reservoir, but we'll refer to them as the lake and the river. But I mean, even, even if the lake itself had not made a big comeback, which it has. We're so adjacent to so many other places in the southeast. This is a great place for people to locate anyway, if this is what they're going to do. Oh, my. Hey, this is God's country, buddy. I mean, look at the mountains. Look at Lookout Mountain. Beautiful place to hike. Uh, look at Chickamauga Lake, Nickajack, Gunnersville. 
uh, Lord, you're going up Watts Bar, not a far drive, about an hour, you know, and Watts Bar hosts tournaments as well. I couldn't, I went over the dam uh, not too terribly long ago. We were going up to Madisonville to see my youngest son, who's up there now, and I couldn't believe the amount of traffic that was on those roiled waters right below Watts Bar Dam. Mm -hmm. It looked like it was some sort of great big raft race, some sort of big festival, but it was just an ordinary day. It was just a Saturday, and they were, I mean, I think I just about could have walked from one bank to the other just by hopping on boats. They were almost all, almost all of them were fishing. I can't, I, I didn't see anybody out there just lounging. Man, let me tell you a story about night tournaments, Friday night tournaments on Watts Bar out of the dam. Uh, I, that's where I, I grew up fishing. Uh, in 94, I started fishing bass tournaments with a guy named Paul Cross, and we used to fish those every Friday night. And we're talking 8 to 8 at night. So what we would do, we'd let everybody go, then we'd come back, lock through, go down the river, and there is a spot down there, and you were talking about smallmouth being crazy. Yes. Buddy, smallmouth everywhere. Five-pounders, six-pounders, big smallmouth, and them things can get rough. Yeah. I mean, they're rowdy. I mean, that's just a, it's an adrenaline rush. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I know you. this seems alien to you, Jen. Have you ever caught a fish? Yes, I have. You have caught I a have fish? I have been okay. fishing, yes. All right, I just want to make sure. I will not bait my own hook, <laughs> but I will go fun fishing. Out of what a frontiers woman. What a frontiers <laughs> yeah. woman she you is. You don't take the fish <laughs> off the hook either. Calamity <laughs> Jane's Annie Oakley, she's not. Hey, I'll okay. go kayaking any day. But you know what? There, There is undoubtedly, there is a rush that you get when you feel the hit on mm -hmm. the end of that line that is not reproduced anywhere else in the sporting world. And and I don't care. I mean, I know the fish, that they may not have the highest IQs, but they are savvy, and it is you versus them. And when you win that every once in a while, it's mm -hmm. a good feeling. Yeah. Hmm. I think we may have lost I that. I think we may have I, lost I, I, heard, I heard a distinct click there. Distinct click. And uh, we can get them back up if, if we got enough time. Yeah. We'll do the best we can. Sure. No doubt about that, though. I, I wanted to uh, bring this up, and if we get him back up and run, I'll ask him. But um, he was he me he me mentioned muskie, and around here I've talked about the fact that fishing for gar is a it's a distinct experience, completely unlike any kind of other fishing. How so? Well, it's the way you do it. You actually fish. Gar are prehistoric fish. I mean, they're bone. They're mm -hmm. just all bone. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to really hook into. Right. So a gar, and it looks more like a, it's a freshwater barracuda is what it appears mm -hmm. to be. And um, what to, to get them to, to the bank or to your boat, if you're going to catch them, you have to get a piece of wire leader yeah. tangled in their teeth. So oh, what you do wow. is you take the leader and you make a big uh, hoop out of it, a mm -hmm. lasso, and you dangle bait down in between this circular hoop. Mm -hmm. And when they get it, they're like a dog who will take a treat and run away from all the other dogs and make sure he's by himself before he sits down and hunkers down on it. Yeah. So they'll take the bait and will go upstream and all of a sudden, and you're fishing with a bobber, like you're fishing for catfish, mm -hmm. fish with a bobber, and they'll pull that bobber under and they'll go upstream and they'll slowly come back up. And when they they do that, that means they've decided, okay, I'm good. Right. I'm going to eat my snack now. And you yank and you just get it tangled in their teeth. Right. Now I've caught them. I've never yet successfully gotten one into the boat. Is, it, is it more fun to go yeah. to go 
rod fishing or is it more fun to go fly fishing? I have a very good friend who lives up in the Catskills. I don't fly fish. Who I, often I've been fly fishing once. He often posts beautiful pictures of these, these oh, spotty fishes, fish yeah. that he catches. Trout. That's trout. Yeah, trout. Yeah, trout. Spotty fish. Trout. Spotty do we trout. have we have Pat back? back? Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you, do you do any fly fishing, Pat? Thanks, sir. I would have, if I went fly fishing, I would be tangled up all over. <laughs> That's but there's a guy, if you want a guide trip, a good guide trip, uh, fly fishing, there is a guy in Chattanooga, Jeff Reed, uh, that does that, that goes up into the mountains and, and does the uh, fly fishing deal, and he's very good at it. Yeah, you know what? When I go fly fishing, I end up catching starlings because all my lines up in the tree. <laughs> That's it. It's, 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 it, my line's in the tree every time. It's a flying fish, I, I, and, and there's there's no doubt. There's, it's, it's called so, squirrel fishing. It's so zen. I love watching the movement. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I you know the, on the Hawassi, you have all those people in those what do they call Macintosh boats uh, out there? Those yeah. those big big fishing boats that only have just about this much about the size of this folded newspaper sitting in the water, mm-hmm. and they're fly fishing as I paddle by, and I can just watch them for hours, yeah. literally just going yeah, back and forth. It's art. It's yeah, an it's art. hypnotizing. Uh, uh, I just found out that the world's top fisherman right now is local, Pat, and apparently he's been your he's been your guest a couple of times. And I, well, I just, you know what? We got a few guys that are moving to Chattanooga. You're talking about Jacob Wheeler, yeah, J- yes, Pro, who now just moved to Birchwood. What is so cool about Seth the Hook? We've been doing this thing 13 years. So when a guy wins a tournament, I can text message these guys and say, "Man, we need you for radio." Da da da. Sure, Pat, come on. And I love that they've opened their arms to us. And the whole deal, but you're right, Jacob Wheeler, right here in Chattanooga. And 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 that's that, that's 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 that is saying a lot. I mean, to saying that you're number one in the world. Yeah. And he made and for those who don't know, we lost weight. We'll, we'll let Pat go. Thank you, Pat, uh, very much today. And he he did call it from work. If you could, yeah. yeah. If yeah. you couldn't, he was tell, multitasking. If you couldn't tell, he was actually at work. You had loading vehicles going on around. Yeah, him. we appreciate um, his time. But no, this guy he made in excess of. Somewhere between five and six hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. last year, fishing every day. Yeah. Good that, lord, that, that's what he got. There's a lot of money. He made. Money he, made the, he made. He made well over a half million yeah. dollars. I would learn to bait my hook for that. Fishing every between day between the sponsorship money that's in the in, in, in fishing. Yeah, I mean it's amazing how much these people actually make just spending a weekend on the lake. I, it's what I'd want to do in life if I was talented sure. enough to fish. But I, I can basic fish. I can catch a fish, but. You know, as far as being able to do what these cats can do about, you know, oh, hey, look, over beside this log, around the corner, and down there, you're going to find, you know, a, what, really? Again, again, I, I will say it's a, a one of those experiences, one of those activities. You did it once a long time ago. You used to do it quite a bit a long time ago. It's been forever. You do it again, and you go, why am I not doing this more right. often? Why am I not doing this more often? This is so easy, and it's so much fun. When Would was, you ever stick your hand into a mud thing underneath and try to catch I have, I a have done, catfish? I have, been, I've been grabbing, have you yes, really? Yes, yes. I've been what does that feel successfully. like? It's one of the most bizarre things you've ever felt yeah, like in your life. Pressure, pretty it's much. Pressure? There's no teeth or anything. Well, just pressure. It's it, they. Do, the only way you're going to catch them is if they bite you. Yep. That you don't grab them. They right. have to bite they grab you. you. And so you're already eight feet underwater, yeah. upside down, sticking your whole arm in a muddy hole, and you feel this thing 
moving around the slimy Ew. body, yeah. and you're just sitting there holding your breath, and you're trying and trying and trying, and finally it goes boom. And I mean, it sounds like a cherry bomb going off underwater, and then you have a 13-pound fish that has the advantage over you, and it will beat you to death on that rock before you can get it to the surface. I mean, a 13-pound fish will whip your ass. Sounds like fun. grabbing. It's a great survival skill. I don't go out and just do it for fun, but yes, I've been successful. Nuga Radio, signing off today. Thank you. It's four more hours. Have a great weekend. All I see is you. Fred Podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. Southern Segway, Chattanooga's first consumer Segway dealer. Find them at Southern Segway on Facebook and Instagram. Dr. Brett Moldenhauer, Institute for Acupuncture and Wellness, and North Spring Cryotherapy and Rejuvenation Center. Find them at northspring.com. For more, go to fredpodcast.com.